Hey, I'm Raina. And I'm Pete. And you're listening. And you're listening to the Unbusy Podcast. It's the show for self-employed people who want more time. Who want to be time rich. Who want to do meaningful work and be productive. While letting the busy go. Who want to enjoy their work days. And sometimes just go skiing on Wednesday afternoons. Or just take Fridays off. Self-employed people who want to spend their time where it matters. This is the Unbusy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Tuning in to the Unbusy Podcast. That's right. I'm your host, Pete. I am here today with Raina and the Jessica from thefineers.com. And I wanna I wanna set up this conversation today. A quick backstory from my own perspective of Jess or Jessica. Not sure how you prefer to be called publicly, but we'll just we'll go with Jessica. Um I met you a couple of years ago. I think the first time that we had ever interacted was actually on a podcast from a mutual friend, Joe Salsi High. He runs a popular personal finance podcast, and we were both on there. I was like, who is this? Like, I, I know the blog name, but I hadn't, I hadn't met Jessica before, I don't think, or at least not talked to you for any length of time. And so kind of got connected that way, and we've interacted over the internet and at conferences in uh, the, the past year past year and a half. And I think it was through uh, our, our general community of personal finance. And, you know, we, I, have a, I have a creator community as well, but you got connected to Reina. And last thing I'll share here, I'm pretty sure once I got to talking to Jessica, I immediately knew in my brain, I was like, Jessica and Reina, they're going to get along. I feel like the, <laughs> I knew both of you. And I was like, they should be friends. Yeah. If they're not friends already, like these these you two people right. have, I was right. I th- I think I was right. You guys have a lot of stuff that is a uh, simpatico. Is that what the cool kids? Say? Jessica answers things in the community, and sometimes I'm just like, oh no, need now. That's exactly what I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll I'll brag on Jessica, and then I'll I'll let you say hello. Maybe I'll let you talk in this podcast. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, I think you. <laughs> So you're a lifestyle design coach, and you have you also talk about finance and other finance mental uh, mentality mindset that sort of stuff on your blog, which I read. And I like how intentional you have been, especially in the past year, that I've really been seeing some of the stuff you do. Intentional about travel, vacation, time off. Um, you guys are no. You already bought the van. That's right. You you guys bought a new like travel van, and you're gonna fix that up and and do more traveling. And how you have worked and not worked strategically, if that makes any sense. Maybe that doesn't make any sense. I've been really impressed, and I've been watching the things you do with like a, a close eye of like she's she's making some cool decisions. She's thinking about things differently from a life and work. I was gonna say work life balance. I was threw that word out there. Rainer's going to slap me to the computer. You've been thinking about these things differently. So that's why I think Raina and I wanted to have you on to discuss some stuff today. That was a super long intro. Jessica, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So I'll, uh, I'll just prompt you off here. Why don't we start with the Jessica story, right? You, you weren't magically this way your entire life. At some point, you did hold down a normal 
you know, job, corporate, that sort of stuff. So why don't you take us back a few years and kind of tell us how and when you sort of j- to transition into your current life and your current work balance. That's a, that's a, that's a terrible word. I didn't think of a new word, but you know what I mean? I say, we, why don't we call it life? <laughs> and then work can just Mind fit into blown. life. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Walk, walk us back. Tell us the Jessica story. Raina? Raina? Oh. We're both watching Raina's video and We're Raina's like, We're both watching you because you're, about to, say you're about to say something. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, because you said, let's just call it life and then work fits into it. And I was like thinking, oh my God, there it is again. I'm not going to even have to talk on this podcast because Jessica <laughs> just says things I think. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was what that look was. <laughs> she just started talking and already I'm like, yes. <laughs> I agree. But yes, the Jessica story. Go yes. Ahead. Sorry. Yes. So starting with the starting with my story. So I have not been um the, it's been a transition period over the last few years to get to a place where I feel like I can make intentional decisions really on a daily basis about what I want to be doing and how I want to be spending my life um, and what what piece that I want work to play within that larger whole. Um, so, sort of um, rewind back here to like 2017, 2018. At that point, I was working in a traditional role. I, I worked in human resources. I was vying for that next promotion, right? Putting my head down, not making any waves, like really trying to get that next promotion, that next six-figure salary. Um, and I got there, right? But I was completely miserable. Um, and so in 2018, it had gotten to a point where it was so bad. I was depressed. I had anxiety. I was in therapy. I was exhausted, um, right? Burned out. And then there was something really frustrating and really bad that happened um, at work, which I don't want to get into the details of. But I started like that evening. I had like a woke up at 3 a.m., had like a three-hour panic attack and just could not go back to work. And at first I thought like, oh, it'll be a day, it'll be a couple days, um, and then maybe I will be able to like get back into it. And then over time realized that that was truly a breaking point for me. Um, and I had been holding in, right? It's like I sort of had this, I picture it in my mind as like there was a dam that was holding back all of the stress and all of the anxiety and all of the toxic political crap, right, in the work environment back for so long. And around the time, I think there was, like, one of those big dams in California had, like, broke or something and, like, flooded, like, yeah, flooded flooded towns, literally. And so, I I, I was seeing that, like, happen. And I was like, that is exactly what this feels like. Like, it feels like I have completely, like, the dam has completely broke Everything has flooded out and you can't rebuild it unless you can stop the flow of water, unless you can stop the flow of stress, anxiety, anything. And after a few days, I realized like I couldn't even look at my work computer without having a panic attack. Like I couldn't even get a like 
phone call from someone at work or an email. Like they started, I started having them email my husband so that he could like decide when I was in like in an okay space to be able to like have a conversation about a thing. Because if it caught me off guard, it was like every single small thing was a stressor. Um, And I had that dam had completely broken and I had no capacity for managing stress at that point in time. Um, And so I ended up taking six months off. Um, So I was able to at first um, get on the like short-term and then long-term disability plan. So it was a medical leave um, in the beginning. And then after it, I had I decided not to go back to that particular job over the course of that six month period of time. I did a lot of soul searching and realized that like this that lifestyle was not sustainable for me. I didn't want it. I had been working so hard for so long to like get that coveted high level position with the high salary. And it wasn't worth it. I was more miserable than ever and knew I wanted to make significant changes. I, I have a question. So soul searching. What the short, the short question I want to ask is what does soul searching look like from a practical perspective for you? And another way to think about that, I, I'm just curious, were there any activities in your months off or anything like activities um, it could be therapy, it could be journaling, meditation, it could be uh, intentional time off, it could be walks on the beach, I don't know, that helped you more than anything search your soul, if that makes any sense. Like when you say soul searching, what do you, what were some of the things you did? Yeah, so there were a few things. One of them, therapy, definitely. Um, I did a lot of journaling. So I was in a space and time where I was doing a ton of of journaling and writing. So that was really helpful to just like work through, you know, everything that was happening and, and coming up. Um, and to, you know, there were some things that like I needed to work through that helped me gain a lot of clarity about how I wanted to move forward. Right. So it was a period of pretty intense transition and I needed to figure out am I going to quit this job or is there a possibility to take a medical leave? And do I even care about going through the process of, of that? Right. So working through the whole financial piece of that, as well as then, you know, communicating with, with the people that I work with and that I worked with at the time, figuring out, do I want to go back to work? Like, do I want to go back to work there? Do I want to go back elsewhere? So, right. So there was a lot of decisions. And so a lot of like that, there was a lot of that soul searching happening, um, which for me looked like journaling, conversations, therapy, you know, sort of talking through options and ideas with my support system. Brandon, you have any questions? Analogy. Well, I was just going to say that analogy that you gave about the dam breaking. I think many of us who have been in really high stress situations and it's the the straw that break the cam- breaks the camel's back happens. It's so that's such a vivid illustration. But the thing that really struck me you said about it was that you can't rebuild the dam unless you stop the flow. 
you know, you have to, and that is part of, I mean, you, you had to get unbusy to be able to rebuild the dam. (laughs) That was an intentional. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing sometimes that we don't allow ourselves to do because we feel like there's somehow we should still be able to be managing the water flowing through without giving ourselves the space and time to actually rebuild the dam. I love that analogy because that's when unbusyness is really the work. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing that I would say to around like early, probably six months prior to that, I had started meditating. So that was one thing that Pete brought up. I had started meditating and at first I was like, oh, I'm really, I'm great at meditating. You know, it was like at first I like nothing was coming up, but then I realized Mm -hmm. it was because I had suppressed things that I felt for so long and I was sort of running away from all of them or just like, I just picture it as like, it was a box and I was just stuffing things in and closing the lid. Right. And then after a certain period of time, meditation was helpful to be able to say, okay, I'm going to open up that box and I'm going to take things out one by one and I'm going to look at them and I'm going to think about what I used to believe about it. Do I really believe that that's true anymore? And what do I want to believe instead? Um, And so there were a lot of, right, there was a lot of things to, to sort of uncover and look at, um, right? And many of them had to do with this like busyness piece of it too, which is like, am I, if I decide not to go back to this particular job, right? Like, what would I do instead? Would I, you know, I ultimately decided to go back to work part-time. That was a hard decision to make because I felt like for some reason, it's like I would feel less important or people would look at me like I, you know, sort of was unable to like hack it kind of thing, you know? And so I had, so so I, there were a lot of things to work through to say like, no, that this isn't actually my definition of success. Like my definition of success, like the thing that I want to believe is true is success means that I know what I value and that I have the time and the energy to focus on the things that I value. And if that is what success means for me, then why wouldn't I go back to work part-time to continue? That sounds like it was, it was the next stepping stone, you know, after your, cause we, we know that we know where you are now, now you're self-employed, but that next stepping stone, just crossing that mental bridge that it was okay to work part-time, was there a specific thing that kind of was the the switch that tripped um, to make, to like mentally say, yep, this is what I'm doing and it's okay? I think it happened a little bit over time. So at first mm-hmm. I, I decided like, okay, I think I want to go back to work part-time for now, right? So that was my initial was like, well, I'll go back to part-time for now until my mental health improves and then I'll increase my hours and then, you know, continue on along the same path. Um, and But it was probably about four to five months after I started working part-time that one, I really loved the part-time schedule, Two, I started learning about financial freedom in a different way. Um, And so I read the book Work Optional, 
where Tanya Hester was talking about, like, it isn't just early retirement or working full time, that there's like options in between. And that was the first time I had heard about the concept of semi-retirement, which was like, you could still need to work for some income, but you don't need to be saving at such a high rate as long as you're able to like get to a place where you will have a a comfortable traditional retirement, right? And so for me, that was like a mindset shift to say like, I don't have to wait until I like retire early, right? To have a lifestyle that I want. I can actually scale back earlier and have a better lifestyle much earlier for longer. I have two questions. Yeah. Actually, one thought and then one question. My thought is I love that. That's like everything I stand for <laughs> these days is <laughs> yeah. uh I mean, I mean, people people have talked about this for a long while now. This idea of not necessarily retiring—I don't want to use that word—but doing more of what you think you would do in traditional retirement, i.e., spend more time with your kids, spend more time with your family, travel more, go to the movies on Tuesday at two p.m. or that stuff, right? Do more of that now through—I don't know—starting your own business is the stupid, obvious one that people love to talk about, but also working part-time, but also like intentionally designing your life around living better now, et cetera, et cetera. So I just want to say, I love that. And I stand for that. My question actually comes back a little bit. How are you okay with yourself? Now, let me give you just a second of context. Something I have struggled with. uh, That sounded terrible. Uh, You'll get what I mean by this. (laughs) How do you live with yourself? (laughs) No. Who are no, you? I know. That's the that, why are you that's, the way you that's are. That's the way that people phrase the question often. It or like, is. not they don't phrase it that way, but like that's the thing that they're asking. Well, okay, uh, it's let me, the judgment behind it, right? Like, I mean, yes. not that you meant it that way, Pete, but but that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. One of my questions was: Do you think it was mostly when when you're considering going back part time, mm-hmm. and you're feeling a little bit of, am I going to be judged? Are is it you judging yourself? Is it you being afraid of other people judging you, like a little bit of both? And then how, if you could go back then, if you yourself now could go back then and give yourself some advice, what advice would you give you? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, good, good question. So one thing that I will say about myself is like when I decide on a particular path, I do it and I do not care what other people think. Right. So like for me, when I decided like I'm going to do the part time thing, I knew like like it was like I decided that for myself and I worked through all of that and I worked through the like, this is my definition of success. This is what I'm doing. Like I knew I was going to get flack from people. And so I just prepared answers for it. So, for example, like the question that I got most often was, oh, how old are your kids when people learned that I worked part-time, right? And then I was like, well, I don't actually have kids, right? And then they're like, oh, oh, what do you do with your, what, what do you do then? Judgy and judgy right? face, yeah. <laughs> right? I was and gonna so say, then, it's amazing how judgy and oh can be, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Damn straight, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, but then I sort of got to a point where I was like, well... I'm like in a place in my life where I'm able to 
work less and I won't have things that I want to spend my time on that's outside of work, you know? And then people were often able to just be like, okay, you do you. Yeah. Um, kind of thing, it, you know, it's easier for other people to own, I think. Mm-hmm. And to like be okay with it and just like mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay. Like that's just how, that's just how, like, that's just how she's, she is, you know? And so that, that was important, I think, to, to own it. And that, and I did have times, I did have like plenty of times where I would be setting specific boundaries at work, like, you know, and I, and that was something that I, I got pretty good at was saying, I have 24 hours a week that I am working here. That is not a lot. I can do this amount of things in that particular time. Um, and got good at saying, like, okay, do you want me to do that instead of this? Because I can't do both. Um, yeah. You know, and, and like not taking on the mental, like the mental and emotional labor of the work that I, that I had previously taken on. Right. That it was like, I'm just going to let my manager do the managing thing. And I don't need to try to like insert myself in all of the places and like share my opinions on things. Like I'm going to stay in my, my, my like place that I've created for myself because this is not actually where I want to be putting my mental energy is into work right now. Um, yeah. 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 I was just kind of talking to my wife about something related to this. It's interesting to me how we as human beings, we tend to make whatever we're currently doing the biggest thing in our life. For example, there are a lot of times where, um, no, I'm not going to throw my wife under the bus. I'll, I'll tell a, a metaphor. No, there are a lot of times <laughs> where even an objective person like a Jessica or like a Peter Arena know these things about when our boss asks us to do something and we could say, no, we could flat out refuse. We could be extremely smart and say like, okay, what, what responsibility would you have me give up? But there are other times when we, we lose that objectivity and we fall back into the same patterns of saying yes too often, whether it's to a boss or to clients or like whatever it is. Um, I just thought I'd share something you made me think of. I wrote down in my notes here, risk and the worst that could happen. And Raina and I actually recorded a podcast episode, I don't even remember which one it was, where we talked a little bit about risk and this idea of jobs, safe, no jobs, not safe, and how that's not necessarily true. Like, you could be the best employee ever and still get laid off. You could say yes to all the things for your manager and be miserable, by the way, and then get laid off or not get that promotion or, you know the risk is not exactly what we think it is. And so Raina put it way better than I'm going to right now. But one of the things you said was like, so why not make the choice now to say no to your boss? I mean, not in an evil way, but you know what I mean? Why don't you make the decision to live, to set boundaries about how you apply to your boss or clients? Why not do that? And the answer is because the worst that could happen is you don't even know. And our definition of risk is crazy and half the time not accurate. I don't know where I was going with it. I just thought I'd share that you reminded me of it. <laughs> it is true. I, so 
I I thought of something I want to ask you about now, which is, so as you're talking through this, I can almost hear as you're describing it, you evolving into seeing your own time and your own value in a different light. And now once you left that part-time job and moved into what you're doing now, writing and coaching and helping people design their lives, how did you carry that with you? Because once we move into a new situation, right? Sometimes we make peace with one situation. Um, Like when you were talking about I'm part-time, I'll let my manager actually manage. I'll just, you know, but then when all of a sudden you're in a whole new situation, your own business, you know, you have all the things, sometimes I feel like those old patterns reemerge in different ways. So how have you carried that through to what you're doing now? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say a big part of it was allowing my business to grow while I was still working part-time, right? So starting it and then letting, be like seeing its trajectory So that while I still had income, so that I didn't need to put pressure on it, right? And so for me, I started it as this is a hobby. This is the thing. Like, like I did the brainstorm of what is the thing that the things, right, that I would be doing if I didn't need to work for income. Like, if I was financially independent, if I didn't have to work, how would I want to spend my time? Right. And I would want to be coaching people and helping them become more of who they are and helping them live their best lives and find the right, like, balance between the different areas of their lives. Um, Because that's been so transformational for me. And I want to travel more. Right. And so for me, I thought about, like, okay, how do I do that? Right. And how can I start? taking steps toward that now. But for me, the business wasn't, oh, I need my business to become my full-time thing. It was, I want this to support my future lifestyle, regardless of how much money I make doing it, right? And so it was like, at first it was like, oh, this is just a hobby. Then it was, oh, maybe this is something that would let me semi-retire someday, right? That I could generate 20 to 30K a year on it, right? And then it became something that was like, oh, this is replacing my income. And I could quit my job and like decide to take this as a quote unquote full-time um, thing. But a big part of it was never putting the pressure on it and saying, I want this to feel like the thing that I would do even if I didn't need to work for income. So I want to make sure that it, like, I approach it that way and I don't want to put the pressure on it that's going to make it feel any different than that. Question Do you think it would have gone? faster, better, more success, more income if you hadn't done that. If you had started off with this mindset of hustle, if you had pressure on yourself to make it work, do you think it would have gone any better? Or if so, how much? No, I definitely think it would have gone worse. Um, I see her face yeah. right now. It's like <laughs> I know. serious. Just like, no. <laughs> Uh, No, I I mean, I definitely think it would have not gone as well. I, I, I think it would have been worse. I think, I think a big part of it would be, I wouldn't be happy with it. 
I think I, I already put too much pressure on myself. So I always have to be like paying attention to that and like walking it back. Right. And like trying to be really intentional to say like, don't put pressure on this. Like make sure that it, that this is not like, this is the way you want to approach it. So like, let's adjust and, and that kind of thing. And had I not done that, I think it would have quite possibly been too stressful for me and I may have quit. You should see my face right now. I'm super smug because I, I, I had a feeling that was going to be the answer. And that's why I asked the question. Like, yes. <laughs> well, you know what the thing is that yeah. you did there? And I mean, um, of course, coming from a person who, you know, you're, part, you're a life design coach, is that you designed, you know, when you approach things from a design point of view, you put the things you want in first and like, let's develop it with that. And then you build out from there instead of like... Mm-hmm. The opposite, which is sometimes, you know, bringing everything and then tweaking around the edges. Um, And it sounds like Mm -hmm. you carried that all the way through, even to when sometimes when we make that transition, I think from W2 employment to our own thing, maybe we've built that, but then it's easy to all of a sudden start to fill in the cracks because we're like, oh God, now this is the thing and we need to do more. And there's like, you've held on to that idea of this is what it is and this is the design. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think getting back to the conversation that we were having earlier, it's always been more than about this is the work. It's it's mm-hmm. this is the life that I want. I want a life that supports being healthy, right? That supports my mental yeah. health, that supports thriving, that I have time to invest in the relationships in my life, that I have time to be creative, that I'm not constantly feeling like I'm on the go so that I can say yes when really cool things come up. And I want to be able to travel the world and take, you know, six weeks off at a time if I want to. And, you know, like those are, so I want to create a business that allows me to do those things. Um, yeah. And that's my focus, right? And and actually, I think part of that is I have this like annual clarity process that I do um, each year. And, you know, it helps me get a sense of like, what are the important things that I want to be focused on? And it isn't just business, right? Like I feel like when we set goals, we focus on one category and it's often work, right? And then maybe there's like a few pieces elsewhere. But like for me this year, my number one goal on top of business, like is to be pain-free, right? Like that's my, and so so I'm looking at everything I do through that lens. That's like, I'm I'm probably spending more time on like physical health, physical therapy, like you know, all of that stuff than I am on business stuff right now because that's my number yeah. one goal and I think being pain-free will help me ultimately help people in my business better. Yeah. It's a pretty massive quality of life to show up your best mm-hmm. in everything else. Mhm. Yeah. 
So like this was a question we asked our last interviewee and her answer surprised me. So I kind of want to ask you too. And even though we focused a lot on kind of the mindset and evolution around that, like, is there any logistics that you feel like have really helped you, you know, stay unbusy as you're also building something? Mm, yeah. Um, there's a couple. So because I'm a coach, I work with people and I work with groups. Uh, I do group coaching, which means I often will have groups meeting on evenings or weekends. So I typically have maybe two evenings a week and one like weekend morning a week or every other week. Right. So, so it's, I'm not working typical hours. Um, so for me, it's really important to make sure that I'm making sure to have full days off. Right. Uh, yeah. And that I'm, that it isn't like, oh, well, Sunday, I just have this like two hour thing in the morning, but I'll have the rest of the day off. Right. Like it's still a different kind yeah. of day to do right. a couple hours of work in the morning. Right. Um, yeah. and so for me, I've been really consistent about, I have one day a week that's a should list day. So I don't do any work and I try to not do anything that. productive. So no shoulds. It's a should list day. Awesome. Uh, should list then, day. Mm-hmm. And then last fall, I actually realized that I was starting. So, so one other thing that I do as well is I do a monthly reflection. Um, and part of that is reflecting on the business to say, how does the business feel, right? So it's intentionally asking myself, how do I feel like, am I feeling energized and engaged or am I feeling depleted? Um, and I realized I was doing a lot of stuff and I was feeling a little bit depleted. And so then I decided, okay, well, I'm going to take every other Thursday off. Um, And that actually felt really good. And that really felt really like got me back to feeling really energized. Um, And so now, and I've continued that. So that was an experiment. I said, I'm going to do this for Q3 or Q4. And then I decided to do that for this year as well. Um, and so every other Thursday is, a, is my kindness day. So it's focused on uh, self-care specifically um, and just like doing all of the things that if I made a list of like the stuff I want to do for myself, those are all of the things that I do on that day. So take the dog for a long walk, go hiking, meditate, do yoga, go pick up the coffee from the coffee shop and read a book or like go across the street to the park and hang up the hammock and read my book for two hours, right? Like those are, that's what I do on the kindness day. Um, And then lastly, I'd say the last logistical thing is I would say just planning effectively. Mm -hmm. So like plan, you know, like I have the annual plan that I translate to a quarterly plan, which I then translate to my weekly and then to like, my daily. Um, but I think the key for that, it like the logistical thing is I have a, like a morning ritual that I do every day. It's five minutes. It's like super quick, but I'm eating my breakfast and drinking my coffee. And I do two things. I ask, how am I feeling today? Um, physically and emotionally. Um, and if I'm feeling good, then great. 
if I'm, if there's like something that comes up, it's like, okay, what do I need to do today? That's going to like help me with that. Right. And sometimes, for example, yesterday I was like, I'm feeling really tired. So I just, it wasn't one of my days off, but I just took the day off because I was feeling really tired. Um, and right. And so there's that piece of it. And then, so that, so I can make decisions, right, about what, how I might want to shift the day based on how I'm feeling um, and then plan it out, right? And to say, okay, here's what I'm going to plan to do in like the morning versus the afternoon um, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. So well, being really clear about your time off and then planning ahead, planning and, and being mindful of like, how do I want to shift things over the course of the day or week, given how I'm feeling? <laughs> uh, I throw myself under the bus. Yeah, I, I ended up doing that like four times a day because I, th- I feel like my emotional roller coaster is like super speedy and curvy. And so I'll, in the morning, my five minute planning session will be like, oh my God, I'm stoked, energized to do this thing. And then by noon, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't go any further, like brick wall. And it's taken me years to, um, to make that shift like midday, right? Um, but I have to. But that's good. I actually think it's really good that you ask. Do you actually ask that of yourself and you ask, what do I need? No, I, my kids dominate my mornings. Um, I do uh-huh. I do now during the day. I've gotten way better yeah. at, it's not a specific ritual, but I know mm-hmm. now more than ever, again, thanks meditation, because before meditation, I didn't do this mm-hmm. at all. Um. I'm able to like catch myself now before I'm actually before the dam is actually burst, right? And I can yeah. I can stop the water flow before I'm just like a damn train wreck, mm-hmm. right? It took me like literally five years to get to that point, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Like making intentional shifts in your day based mm-hmm. on exactly what you said, how you're feeling mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, that sort of stuff. Well, Jessica. We got to go uh, wrap up a little bit here. Before we go, however, two things. Number one, did we miss anything? Is there anything that you, knowing kind of what this, this, this podcast talks about now, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to share? It could be tips or advice. It could be any other thoughts you might have on this idea of uh, time wealth or not. Or did we cover everything? I think there's one other thing, and I think this is more of a mindset, um, a mindset shift. Is like I used to constantly feel like I was going through my days, and I would basically just like put in a half a tank of gas or like half a gallon of gas every day, and then I would like go and I would use it all, and I'd be exhausted right by the next day, and then I would be done with work, I'd crash, you know sleep that it would get another half gallon back of the tank and then I would just get through one more day right um whereas now I the way that I look at it and approach it is that I want to be able to give my overflow right and so I want to fill up that gas tank all the way right till it is completely full and it is overflowing and I'm going to give other people and give my business like the overflow from that, keeping it full for myself at all times. 
which is, that's my goal. I'm not always perfect at doing it, but that's the goal. And I believe that I deserve that. Yeah. And then you're operating from a place of like fullness instead of a place of every single day, you're trying to just get back to not being depleted Mm -hmm. with enough to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't it funny how we accept this notion of, quote, absence makes the heart grow fonder, unquote. We, We kind of accept that when it comes to like humans in relationships or family or spouses or kids or stuff like that. But we don't really think about that in terms of our I was going to say work, but I mean the rest of our lives, right? Um, It reminds me, whenever I do end up taking like full days off, which is fairly rare in my case, I don't don't feel like I need to do a whole lot more of that. But whenever I do, I am so much more energized to come back and like dive into Mm -hmm. some project or some topic, right? Absence does actually make the heart grow fonder for hobbies, passion work. Even non-passion work, probably. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like that. I like the metaphor, too. The gas. The gas can. Yeah. Okay. She's full of metaphors today. <laughs> nuggets. Like, yeah. Jessica Nuggets. Nuggets. Yeah. Jessica Nuggets. That has a better, yeah, it has a better uh, r- uh, ring to it than, than we tried. It, there's Pete's Nuggets, and we tried Raina's Nuggets, but Raina's Nuggets don't have a good ring. I think Jessica's Nuggets do. <laughs> At some point, we'll stop anyway. being stupid, but not during <laughs> yeah. this podcast, yeah. okay. that's for sure. Uh, this is awesome. <laughs> Jessica, where – this has been really fun. It has. Um, where would you point people? Anybody who listens to this and wants to get more Jessica Nuggets, where would you Where would you point people? <laughs> yes. Um, I can be – so I do a lot of writing at thefioneers.com, um, which is my blog. Um, and then I can be found also on socials um, at the Fioneers, so Instagram and Twitter. Um, and if you want to start your own business and you want to take a sort of lifestyle – life design approach to it. Um, I do coaching as well, and you can find information on my website about that as well. And just to be clear, pioneers like pioneers, the pioneers, except with an F. So it's F-I-O-N-E-E-R-S, thefioneers.com. Jessica, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jessica. Bye, y'all. Hey, Raina, why don't we serve advertisements or sponsors on this podcast? Mm, Because we didn't want to do it? Oh, yeah. But isn't there a way for our listeners to show that they enjoyed the Unbusy podcast? There is. There's actually two ways. Mm, Go on. So first, they can head to our website, unbusypodcast.com, and buy us a coffee. There's a little button that'll let them donate any amount of money just to show some love and fuel our caffeine addiction. Oh, yeah. I love caffeine. All right, what else? They can also head to their podcast app of choice, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yada, 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 and leave us an honest rating and review. I like that. That'll make us super happy to read. Oh, yep. Alrighty then. Thank you so much for listening to the Unbusy Podcast. We hope you took away some nuggets. Thanks for listening, y'all. Till next time. Bye, Bye, y'all.